Welcome to The Secret Life of Parkinson's, a podcast trying to break the barriers and stigma around PD to lessen the fear. It's a disease no one likes to talk about. When people hear Parkinson's, they're afraid, even if they don't know exactly what it is. This podcast is led by Parkinson's patients talking about their daily life with PD. I'm your host, Jessica Krauser. Hi, and welcome back to The Secret Life of Parkinson's. I'm Jessica Krauser, and I'm joined by Brian Baker. As always. And we have a guest with us today, Carrie Borse. Hi, Carrie. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? Good. So um, just a quick background on Carrie. So uh, Carrie and I are friends. Uh, She is a young onset Parkinson's patient. We met back in, I think it was just May of this year, so May of 2022. Yeah, that's right. You're newly diagnosed, right, as of November? Yes. Yes, I was diagnosed in October of 21. Okay, perfect. So um, after a lot of, um, uh, what's it called, posts that were made from like Michael J. Fox Foundation, Um, after the 5k that we hosted last year, I had a few young onset women reach out to me. And one of which was a, uh, friend of Carrie's, um, they actually just met each other randomly as well. So we now have a little network of young onset women that are about like 10 or 11 of us that we started to create ever since April of this year. And Carrie and I have had many conversations since then, um, just about everything that she's learned and her diagnosis along the way. So um so first carrie welcome thank you for joining us from philadelphia thanks for having me yes yes um so give us a quick background of your story like uh your your diagnosis journey yeah so my daughter doesn't really like me to talk about it but it's part of my story as well um but in june of 2020 uh my fourth who was then 14 was diagnosed with cancer Mm -hmm. and so we went through six months of her having chemo and it was during that time that i started to notice that just wasn't moving as well Mm -hmm. and i was having a lot of pain in my shoulder but you know obviously she was my number one priority and i just brushed it off didn't think anything of it um i was working and taking her care of her at the same time i have two other children as well Um, And so while I was working, I would notice little things like I couldn't use my mouse as well with my right hand. Um, It felt like it was harder to type, like there was something wrong with the keyboard, Um, like it was sticking. And I I kept kind of thinking like, this is weird, Um, but just blew it off. I was having shoulder pain, really thought it was um, driven by that. So I should say that she's fine now. But once we got through the chemo and she was off treatment, I just thought, okay, now it's time to take care of myself. Mm -hmm. And at that point, I think I started to think about things more and kind of like reflect on things more. And one of the things I couldn't do, this was probably the first thing that kind of like caught my attention was when I was trying to slip on my flip flop on my right foot. Yeah. I couldn't put it on and I was like, okay, now this is weird. It's not just my right hand and my right shoulder. It's my right foot also. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went to the doctor and the doctor was pretty adamant that everything was fine and that I had just experienced a stressful traumatic, ex- you know, ex- experience in my yeah. life and that it was probably driven by that. 
Um, and, but I just didn't feel comfortable with that. And I kept kind of pushing and pushing and I tried to get in with neurologists. And as I think most people know, it's very difficult to even just see a regular neurologist. Right. They'll schedule you six months out. Um, so by the time I saw a neurologist, I felt like I was going crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I saw her and within 10 minutes, she said it's Parkinson's. Oh, wow. That um, quickly. so for me, I know some people are like, oh, it all made sense. Like it all came together. But for me, it was really still a bit of a shocker. Like I thought that there was something neurological going on, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, I had even said to a couple of doctors like do you think it could be parkinson's and they were like no i don't think it's parkinson's really and so when they said it when the doctor when she said it was parkinson's it was definitely like oh okay well i wasn't expecting that so was this a neurologist Um, or a movement disorder specialist it was a neurologist and so my husband honestly was like she's wrong um and I started like doing more of a deep dive and reached out to a young onset organization, mm-hmm. started talking to a couple of the people within that organization. And like, I kept saying, no, I, I think she's right. And I need to see a movement specialist. And so at that point I scheduled an appointment with a movement specialist. I mean, I should actually even say that I went to another neurologist and he said it was not Parkinson's. Oh, And I was like, oh. So you went to so, two neurologists, one said, they both said different things, and then you went to movement mm-hmm. disorder specialist. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. that's kind of how it all came about. I mean, I think probably what happened for me that maybe other people didn't experience is I had like this really acute or, you know, defined time period in my life that was like mm-hmm. extreme stress. And right. I think it just progressed the disease so quickly that it was very, quickly that I noticed it It wasn't like I don't I mean now I can think back to like oh years ago well maybe now I do think about it like maybe this was happening or that was happening but I don't think my initial progression I think was really kind of rapid you know and uh and now has has subsided since that stress has um been alleviated that's good yeah they've they've said I remember when I got diagnosed they they asked the question have you had any kind of major Life traumatic, tra- yeah, traumatic. Trauma. Life. Yeah, have you been in a car accident? Anything happened? You know, so you, that you, that very well may have been what brought it out in you. Yeah, or at least brought yeah. it out faster of something that yeah. was going to happen. I, I've been told now by both the movement specialists and the neurologists that it's it's not atypical. Like that does happen. There's a death mm-hmm. in the family, or there's something traumatic, and it could cause the symptoms to accelerate, and that's when you notice it. So yeah, I mean, I do think that that's exactly what happened. So one of the things that um, why I love having conversations with you so often is because you're newly diagnosed and just because of your nature, you do, um, I think it's a lot of research. You said it's not a lot, but you do a lot of research because initially you weren't, you were not interested in taking medication. Um, So can you tell me a little bit about like why you didn't want to take medication and what you started looking into? (sighs) I, I don't know if I have a clear answer as to why, other than I just have never really taken a lot of medication, which is kind of funny because I do work in the pharmaceutical industry, but I've just never really taken medication. I try to stay stay away from even like Tylenol, Advil, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it was just kind of against my nature to take medication on a regular basis. Um, and so I really initially thought there's gotta be something else. Like mm-hmm. there's gotta be some other way. And so, um, 
I think I just, I do think it is my nature to kind of like research Google, collect as much knowledge as I can because I, I like information. I work with data and I like mm -hmm. data, I like information. Mm -hmm. um, and so initially kind of my initial path was like just kind of Googling like alternative paths for um, Parkinson's. And I came across two books right away that I read. One was by um, John Pepper, which I think a lot of people probably have seen, which is like uh, reversing the, the P, or reversing Parkinson's or something like that. And oh. then another, I can't think of the name right now of the author, but he also took like a more uh, natural approach, but they both started talking about exercising um, a lot and you know, being like aggressively exercising and mm -hmm. doing um, things that would raise your heart rate and things like that, which I actually had already been doing for a long time. That's um good. for years and so that was not a big stretch for me it was just more just i, I did focus in on it more i was gonna but say i had already been doing that did you change anything um, about your workout routine or you kept it i same? don't i mean i really did keep the same workout routine that i like i had i do um a cross box where i'm lifting weights and boxing mm -hmm. um and then i also do something that we call like fit camp but it's like a boot camp which okay. is typical of what i have been doing um, and then I, at one point I did orange theory for years, I did orange theory. So both those classes are not like that different than orange theory. Um, there was a period of time that I, you know, ran to half marathon, things like that. So it was, the exercise wasn't a stretch, but, um, I really thought I'm not taking medication. I don't want to take medication. Um, but as I continue to do my research mm -hmm. and, and I didn't, you know, my resources were like the internet, like it wasn't. Was that anything scary? atypical you know um i stumbled upon a video that someone gave to me by dr mishley who mm -hmm. is out of seattle and i just became completely focused on her style and her approach is and i think it's because she um she's not necessarily she's a naturopathic doctor but she mm -hmm. does promote medications um so I think that that spoke to me, but then she also does a lot of research and uses data. And I love data. So. <laughs> is that the one that she doesn't, so sorry, she mm -hmm. doesn't believe, is that the doctor out of Seattle that doesn't believe, that tells you to stay off dairy? Is that part of her? Yes. Okay. Yes, yeah, that's I, her. I, yeah. So she takes like, a, there's, there's multiple approaches she takes. One is like yeah. definitely a diet that she recommends. The diet well, and I don't know if she done. recommends yeah. it. If you ask her, she might say the data recommends it you know like mm -hmm. it's a it's data driven um but you know when she talks about supplements she does also give her patients carbodopa levodopa which is probably the first time i was like okay maybe i'll try it because <laughs> because i felt really comfortable yeah. with her, her you know her approach so you are taking that now i am so it took me a while and it was for multiple reasons you know some of it was because i really was didn't want to take medication but um some of it was like i said initially my husband was like that diagnosis is not right mm -hmm. and so i didn't feel comfortable taking medication that the first neurologist prescribed and i didn't really connect with her and i didn't feel comfortable in some of the things that she said so i just didn't feel like she had the knowledge base mm -hmm. about parkinson's that mm -hmm. i i was looking for in a physician um, so I didn't take the medication she prescribed. I just kind of threw it away. And 
okay. And then I thought I would see the second neurologist and I would like him and he would give me something. And then he said, no, you don't have Parkinson's. So he didn't prescribe anything. So it wasn't until I saw the movement specialist, which again, you know, takes months. Mm -hmm. um, at that point, I, I was like, okay, I'm having a hard time typing. Um, I'm having a hard time boxing, which I know sounds silly, but I want to be able to box, you know. Because you feel My right weak hook in that. was yeah. really stiff, yeah. Um, and so that was when I decided it was time to start taking medicine. But you're so, go, go ahead. So do you have more tremors or do you have more disrigid stiff movements? I Initially, I didn't have a lot of tremors, but I would say that that's probably the one thing that has progressed over the last year is I have more of a tremor than I used to. Um, so even now I can feel like I, my hand shaking, mm -hmm. but I do have like rigidity. I would say rigidity. Um, and I think that's what caused like the, you know, my right hook not be able to do that right hook when boxing. I think that's probably what caused some of the shoulder pain that I initially experienced. Right. And like my foot definitely doesn't move a lot on mm -hmm. uh, my right foot. So I think that's probably my biggest symptom is rigidity. But you're still taking a very light dose of carbidopa levodopa, right? I am. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a light dose. I take a half of, well, you know, like one pill is the 25 over 100 of mm -hmm. carbidopa levodopa. Mm -hmm. And I take a half a pill three times a day. Mm -hmm. um, I've experiment it with taking a full pill like if i'm going to the gym mm -hmm. um or just to see how i feel and honestly i feel a little over medicated at a full mm -hmm. pill i feel like i'm i do feel like i wiggle a little bit okay um so i feel really i, I can't it's almost crazy to say this and i know you said this jessica but i feel like almost back to normal mm -hmm. on three half doses i still experience the tremor. I would say that's the one thing that the medication doesn't seem to be completely eradicating, mm -hmm. um, but it's definitely less. My husband has said that he notices it less. That's awesome. I'm glad, I'm so mm -hmm. glad you feel yeah. good. Do you feel okay? Like, again, you said in the beginning, you're not, you just were never like, you would never even take Tylenol and Advil. Do you feel okay taking this type of no. medication? No. no. <laughs> but you do it because it. you feel better? I I mean, I feel better. I have like this very still like, like, I really don't like taking it. I, I, I don't want to take it. I don't like to take it. I do because I feel better. Uh -huh. But I, I have it's a struggle. It's like an internal struggle. I feel like taking this medication. Yeah, I think I mean, I, I don't want to say speak for everybody. I think I, I went through the same thing. I, I did not want to take it. But I, I did not want to take that medication because I read about and talked to my doctor that, especially in young women, you, it can make you more dyskinetic. And I know with some of our, or at least just with one of our friends in the group, mm -hmm. it, it did make her more dyskinetic, but I think it's getting, hers is getting better. But my biggest take on it, which I think I told you and a few of the other um, members of our little group, is even if you are skeptical or afraid of it, it's. You, if your doctor prescribes it, ask if I try it for a couple months and I don't want it or don't like it, don't want to take it, you can get back off. You know, it's the whole, oh, yeah. and that's where it's, I don't know, again, it sounds like something so dumb. Like, of course, if you get on a medication, you can get off of it. But I don't know why I didn't think that way. So I stretched mine and I took a dopamine agonist instead for the first two years. Whereas now I look back on it, I'm like, I wish I wasn't so afraid of carbidopa levodopa, but everything out there makes you feel 
afraid of it or you think that your your body's going to be immune to it and that's not the case because you just progressively get worse and you just need more over time that's all and just i would say it was the opposite i was really nervous about the agonists and so that was what was initially re- prescribed to me i, I, I wish i was it. nervous like, about I, the agonists no, <laughs> i was so nervous yeah and it so, works it works for some people but after a while it i have heard not. that yeah you got yeah. the mirror packs and the, mirror packs for yeah, yeah. uh those mess. things it's after you take so many of them you just have to be careful of the side effects like anything um so last question that i have um is what have you learned because again you haven't had you haven't been diagnosed for that long um you've had it for longer but what have you learned about parkinson's that you wish you knew in the beginning of your diagnosis well i've heard you say this and i would the one thing that really kind of resonates with me is when i was diagnosed i really thought like within a year i was going to be completely immobile mm-hmm. you know like i i really thought like this is going to happen very quickly um i didn't realize that you know i think the the general understanding is that we've all had it for like a number of years before we're diagnosed right so i didn't know any of that initially so i think like right away i was like oh my god by next year i'm, not, I'm gonna be like immobile i'm gonna mm-hmm. be without like i'm gonna be useless and so i think if i i think i wish i had known that it was like more slow progressing that there are things you can do to help the the progression, um, you know, that you have control of your life still. Yeah, I, I think that's actually great how you just said that. You have control over your yeah. life. This did not take over. It's not a roadblock. It's not a roadblock. It's a detour. No. no, and Brian, your DBS, oh, I'm so excited about it that, it's doing, that you're doing well. I'm like, okay, that's a good positive thing for yeah. me in the, you know, in the, future in the future to consider. Absolutely. Yeah, and the one thing about that, I'm... I'm glad I had it done sooner than later. Mm-hmm. You, know, I, you were you know, ready, though. It was a, yeah, it was it, a point. It, I, was, I was on a lot more medication than what you're on currently. So so we definitely we yeah. have time, but it's like, you know, carried your point. something that we can look forward to that is yeah, available. Yeah, not be scared of. Like yeah. said, just having that two-week period where life was normal again was like so exciting. Yeah, that you'll get back there. <sighs> Well, Carrie, thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Um, I just, I like to leave everybody with Brian's favorite, which is, I call our last 30 seconds. But in our last 30 seconds, I'll leave you all with this. Like Carrie mentioned, you know, there is things that a lot of people can be scared of, but having medication, having exercise, having doctors in your corner, you, you just need to do the research on your own. Every patient is different. Every doctor is different. So make sure you do your research, make sure you talk to your doctor before you make any changes or add anything into your diet, exercise, or medication routine. And we'll see you all again next time. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for coming on, Carrie. No problem, thank you. The Secret Life of Parkinson's is not responsible or liable for any medical advice, diagnosis, course of treatment, or any other information obtained through this podcast. The information provided by The Secret Life of Parkinson's is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Never disregard professional medical advice or delay in seeking it because of something you heard on this podcast. You are encouraged to consult a physician for a definitive diagnosis.